Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today I have on Master Reiki healer, Rihanna Mays. I call her a dragon flamethrower, like a master dragon flamethrower. <laughs> But in all seriousness, she's a very powerful, very intuitive healer, and she can really shift and manipulate energy like a stealth ninja, like she's kick ass. And what I really love about her story is how she came to find Riki. As you know, I'm very intentional about how I place guests on the show and when I put them on. And so I wanted Rihanna on this month, in the month of May, to help us heal our chi. I think that we've been through a lot, not only because of the pandemic, but also the energy that's going on in the year of 2020. It's intense, right? I mean, to say the least. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I think that Many healers go through a lot of trauma and drama in their lives, which leads them to find things like Reiki. And so one of the reasons I wanted her on is her story is incredible. It's filled with a lot of trauma and child abuse. And uh, to heal her own wounds, she found Reiki. And to me, this is really symbolic and uh, symbiotic to what a lot of people are going through right now with this pandemic because it's triggering us. Uh, we're getting triggered for uh, abandonment. We're getting triggered for disappointment with loss. Uh, you know, all the childhood stuff that we basically put in our backpack and tried to shove down and pretend like it doesn't exist. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's all coming out. Which, as a side note, is why I did a workshop with Sharita Starr. Uh, she's an astrologer. She's a good friend of mine. It's only 27 bucks. You know, we put it together to help y'all uh, just understand what's going on. She and I talk about uh, what's going on in the sky as far as how the planets are aligning. We are officially in retrograde season. And this continues throughout the entire summer. So it explains why we are going to continue to go a little uh, not so great. Careers are going to go away. Relationships are going to be severed. Money may be gained or lost. Homes are going to be lost, maybe gained, probably smaller ones. Lots of new changes are upon us all, which is really, 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 really good. But when you're going through the thick of it, it can seem really, really, really bad, right? <laughs> it can be, I was telling a girlfriend the other day, like, you know, just laying low trying to stay in my roller coaster seat, especially during the hoopty hoops. And during 2020, we're going to experience a lot of hoopty hoos. So it's going to feel like you don't have a seatbelt on. And that's okay. Just ride the wave, sweetheart. Just ride the wave. <laughs> 
So all this instability can trigger fear, grief, sadness, anger, and so many more below the cross emotions. So that's why Sharita and I wanted to do our workshop. We wanted to talk about, you know, what to expect, what these planets in retrograde mean, what they dig up, what they stir up. We're really trying to stir up the shit that we've been hanging on to so that we can get rid of it. Guess what? Karma is going away. The concept of karma is being eliminated, hasn't been serving us. So as we elevate through this massive awakening and we ascend and we go into the fifth dimension, karma no longer exists, but we have to get rid of what we've been hanging on to. So that's why I wanted to have Rihanna on today and on the show, my master dragon flamethrower, which she's actually a holy fire master, but I like to call her a dragon flamethrower because it just sounds cooler and it's more fierce, right? <laughs> so today I'm going to have her on to talk about the shifts in the energy, how you can utilize tools like Reiki to benefit your own chi and help you, you know, get your shit right and manage things like 2020 to the best of your ability and rise above it all. We're going to talk about the Ascension, timelines, Reiki and the Cabal, along with so much more. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I've got Rihanna on the show and I'm excited because I was calling her Rihanna and it's Rihanna. <laughs> I was wanting to call Everybody. you the singer. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does it. So you're a, like, I always uh, laugh whenever I, cause I have so many friends that do Reiki and uh, I always call you guys like flamethrowers like dragon <laughs> flame throwers. And like my best friend is a, a Reiki master. She's like, that's not what we do. And I'm like, well, that's what I want you to do. So that's what I'm going to call <laughs> you. But you know, you, you, you're highly skilled in this energy work, but before uh, we really dive into that, we were just talking at the, before the show started about, you know, you've been through a lot of shit. You've gone through a lot of things. And I think it's really important to share some of the, the traumas and dramas that we go through to help us awaken and get us to the point of uh, realizing holistic modalities and, and our skill set. It's like, we have this great awakening. It's like, holy shit, I can throw flames out of my hands sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it does what, sometimes feel like that. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when Amy does Reiki on me, like she is sweating bullets. I, I swear to God, like she's just a sweat ball. And I'm like, what is going on over there? <laughs> but how did you, you know, tell us about the, the before and the after? Yeah. So first, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, I grew up, I'm the oldest of three and I just, I think every person that identifies that ends up coming into this type of healing work really can identify as like feeling like an oddball, never fitting in. Um, and I always knew that I was intuitive, but I grew up in the church and I just remember thinking that like what I was doing wasn't of God. So I had to ignore it or hide it. Um, and I can remember just knowing things about people, especially, you know, like the the people that everyone thought was so great. I just knew and I just could sense with all my being that like something was off. And, and I just thought it was crazy to be honest with you. And then later on, I find out I'm an empath. So I'm absorbing everybody else's energy. And one minute I'm happy and the next minute I'm sad and the next minute my shoulder hurts and then I'm fine again. And, 
And so when you are going through all of these journeys in your life and not having the tools of the education, you really, you really feel lost and you feel like you are crazy and you feel like you're in a reality that you don't belong to. And when I was in my late twenties, I was wrongly diagnosed bipolar and I get, I get the, I get it now. Like looking back, I can see why, because I was manic for a really long time. I mean, I was like self-medicating with alcohol and partying until 4am and throwing up and then getting up and showering and going to work and doing it all over again. And and just making some really, really bad choices about people I was spending time with and um, driving too fast, driving erratically. I mean, you name it. I really did look like I was bipolar. But when you take it even farther back, you know, when I was 10, I pulled out every single eyelash. And it wasn't until I was 20 something that I read that that was a form of cutting. And so I pulled out all my eyelashes. When I was 12, I developed bulimia. Um, when I was 13, I lost my virginity. So I was very promiscuous throughout my whole life and really felt like my value was based upon what I could give somebody in that way. And after probably seven or eight years of being wrongly diagnosed bipolar and being on a bunch of medicine and reacting allergically to all of it. Like I was a one percenter and none of the medicine worked or I would break out in rashes or swell up. And it turned out that I wasn't bipolar. It was in fact trauma. And when I started, when the memory started to surface, I had memories of an uncle raping me as a child. And like, it wasn't just inappropriate touching. It was really really severe sexual trauma. And now as I've gone on this journey, I have more memories surfacing that he actually trafficked me to friends. And what's really hard is that um, I find out that he's also done it to family members and older family members. So generations that should have protected me from him, but they were in their own trauma, survival mode, denial, and didn't think that it would ever happen to me. And when you Google, you know, the symptoms of an abused child in an adult, I was like all of the bullet points except one. And nobody ever really recognized it. They just kind of thought it was an asshole and they thought it was an energy vampire and, and nobody really could help me or knew how to help me. And so that's why I wake up every day with the mission of really giving people tools and articulating things. Because if you had looked at me, like growing up, we talked about, we played sports growing up. If I would strike out, I would like throw my helmet and I was just, you couldn't console me for like 10 minutes. I mean, I was always angry, but it, there was no explanation for why I was so angry. And so I just went through a lot. And I remember I had my twin daughters and they were about two and a half and they were in the bathtub and the acoustics were really loud. And I 
I had PTSD and it was completely unchecked at the time. And just these little girls laughing and giggling in that acoustic triggered me so bad that I could literally in my mind's eye, seeing myself pick one of the girls up and slamming her against the tile, like as hard as I could. And that shocked me to my core. And I let the water drain out. I locked myself in my bedroom and I cried. And I just said, God, if you are there, you have to change my brain because I cannot live like this anymore. And that's when the memory started to surface. And I thankfully was guided to a therapist and then a trauma therapist. And I think that's really important. Not every counselor is equipped to handle that type of trauma and actually can make it worse by making you remember things before you actually have your foundation or a footing or even a safety net. And so I was lucky to be guided to the right people. And then just one day I woke up and I I just knew that I had to do something and I couldn't explain what that was, but I literally just up and left my ex-husband and I left with a bed, a dresser and $500 and was a single mom with no insurance and, you know, had custody of two small children 50% of the time. And, um, it was really hard. I mean, I remember looking over, looking over, um, the deck at my third story apartment and wondering would that drop kill me? And then I would even have conversations out loud with what's going to mess me, mess my kids up more like me just being in this state, being this trauma full traumatizing person, or would it be worse for them if they were forever the kids that their mom had committed suicide? And I remember making the decision that the suicide mom was the worst aspect for them. It would be the worst definition for them. And within about nine to 10 months of moving out and really making that decision that I was going to stay and it was, I was going to heal no matter what it took. Reiki found me and it just landed in my lap and I can't tell you how, but the first time I went to a session, I was scared to death because I grew up in the church and I really was just like, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? Like, is this witch, you know, witchcraft? And I really went in there with a lot of fear and, but was just so ready. I was so sick of feeling sick because on top of the emotional stuff, I had um, a lot of physical problems. Like I had, I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's and at the time I was on bipolar medicine, I was just a mess physically and emotionally. And um, I just decided at that first session, I was going to do whatever it took. And I can remember my soul sitting up out of my body two or three times to make room for the trauma energy to be pushed out of my body. And then that's when the real healing journey began. And, and, you know, a spiritual awakening is not pretty. <laughs> it's not usually fun. Um, it's really looking at the shadow parts of yourself and healing and having the courage to truly heal. And, and that's what I did. And, and within, uh, probably about within three months of my first Reiki session, I was sitting in my corporate chair 
and I could hear run, jump, trust. And my physical body wanted to run and I needed to stay at work. I had children to feed and um, I heard it audibly like all day long and I felt like I was totally losing my mind and, and it was hard to stay at work. And then at the end of the day, I finally was like, look, I don't know who you are like, or where you want me to go, but I'm not going anywhere. And the universe kept at it. I mean, for about three or four weeks, they made it really clear that I was to quit my job and I was to open a Reiki studio to serve other people in the same way that had begun my own healing. And I would say within three months, I mean, I was almost a completely different person. I had kindness and compassion fill my body. I was genuinely there to help other people. And it wasn't just about me. I wasn't this miserable cow anymore. And, and I jumped with $400 in my checking account. I, I jumped and I quit my job. And within six weeks I had a Reiki studio open and I was able to go full time after a year. And I don't even channel Reiki anymore because my energy has evolved into a golden source Christed energy. And that's what I channel now. And it's just been such a blessing to go from um, this girl who pulled all, all her eyelashes out and took a bottle of Tylenol at age 12 to just make the pain stop to now really being able to help people in their own pain. Well, First and foremost, I want to thank you for having the courage to share that. I, you and I are friends, so I'm familiar with your story and I know what you've been through, but, um, you know, I wanted you to be comfortable in sharing what you wanted to share. Um, I have uh, a friend who went through a very similar uh, situation where her father was a gambler and he would pass her around to pay his gambling debt. Wow. Um, That's right. Yeah. And so I just know what she has gone through. I know what her experience has been like, and I know what it has done to her and her adult life as well. And I think that, you know, one is the, the first step is really being able to have the courage to share your story, because I think a lot of victims feel like they've done something wrong and it's their fault. And then you combine that with the church and then there's shame and guilt and all these, you know, shitty emotions that come in. And so it can be really scary to um, bring that forward. But I think what's amazing is I know a lot of people listen to the show. I know that a lot of women have had similar traumas. And I think what's really beautiful is that, like you said, it. Reiki just kind of found you, which I think mm -hmm. that it was a big part of your uh, mission and purpose, you know, and it makes me sad. I hear so often where people get labeled something, um, Asperger's or Tourette syndrome or um, ADHD or with yeah. you, bipolar. And it's like the, the signs and symptoms are there and they immediately want to label it something to start pushing prescriptions rather than truly healing the energy. Everything starts with energy and we hold so much trauma in our energy system. So I think it's awesome. And I think it's great that you really followed, you know, the uncertainty because we're in a, that right now, right? Like there's so much uncertainty surrounding us, which is on purpose. We're being forced to, like you said, run, jump and trust because mm -hmm. the paradigm is shifting. And I think it also um, 
really puts us in a place to, you know, you're very passionate about all the human trafficking that's going on. You're very passionate about, you know, getting these children saved. And, you know, on one hand, you have the people that want to stick their head in the sand and pretend like it isn't happening. And then on the other, there's, you know, people that are on the front line that are trying to make shit happen and, and bring the awareness that this is really going on this is really happening and you got to quit sticking your head in the sand so that we can save these children. And I think that when you have someone like yourself, who's really had that experience and had to go through that on a pretty big scale, um, it makes sense that, you know, you're going to be in the front lines trying to make shit happen, whether, you know, and I think the, the hard thing is, and I've experienced the criticism myself, you know, I've had it my whole life where people call you dumb, they call you stupid, they call you nuts, they call you all these things, and you still mm-hmm. have to have the courage to speak up. And it can be very hard when you've got the masses, which are being told their narrative because media is paid for, and you've got to go against the grain, which can be really scary. But... You're now a master flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I it is it is really scary and I've always tried to remain an open book when as soon as I woke up and realized okay, my purpose here is really to serve and it's not a coincidence that so many of my clients are dealing with trauma and holding that in their body and some have never told a soul. Um it it I try to remain an open book so that I can be an example and give other people the courage to be able to admit their own truth. And, and had any of those doctors asked me at the time when I was diagnosed bipolar, I don't remember a single one of them asking me, have you ever been abused? And to be quite honest, I don't think that question would have mattered because at the time I didn't have any memories. And now as I'm doing more research on this and, and aware of what's happening, I'm aware that um, certain mind control things to split my personality so that I wouldn't remember was done on purpose. And that's so far out there for people to grasp. Like my best friend at the time completely stepped away from me and was just like, I think this is an excuse for you to be an asshole. And we haven't spoken since. And, um, and she, she just based her decision on why wouldn't you remember? And just people have to remember, like realize that there are techniques out there used by abusers to make you forget on purpose or to compartmentalize it. And that's where we get things like dissociative disorder. Um, so there is a whole lot of darkness happening and it's starting to be uncovered. But yeah, I try to be an open book so that other people can have the courage to come forward. And it is scary. Like even my own immediate family, except for my mother, pretty much completely like disowned me for six months. Like I wasn't welcome to my niece and nephew's birthday party for like a year and a half. Um, because there was so much pain. They didn't know how to handle it. And now looking back, I have a lot of compassion for my family because I wonder how much my dad or my mom blame themselves. Um, my sister doesn't want to look at it because what if it happened to her too? You know, just, it's really hard. And so there is going to be, 
it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows to come out with your truth, but it is the very first step in healing. And, and I'm so glad that I now can help people this way. And so, yeah, there's just a lot going on. And we talked about this, you know, me being on the front lines and, and healing and helping people and really spreading truth about what's going on. Um, it is really challenging because every time I close my eyes, I see these children and I see what they see and I feel their trauma and they have been absolutely tortured. Many of them bred for this. They don't even know what sunshine is and I'm transmuting it. And I know you had mentioned, you feel like a filter right now. Like we're working really hard to transmute this energy. And so not only do we have to heal ourselves, but then we are in part responsible for some of the collective. And it's just, it is a really weird time right now. It's yeah, it's really bizarre. And I've talked about it here on the show that we would be going through this. And, you know, the, we talked a little bit before we started today, uh, at the top of the show, we were talking about timelines and ascension. And, you know, for those of us who have been in this world, um, you know, this wor- these words have been thrown around for quite some time. I remember reading uh, Convoluted Universe by Dolores Cannon about 10 years ago. And, you know, I remember literally feeling like, oh my God, my brain is convoluted. Like t- timelines, <laughs> what the, like, yeah. what does this mean? And how is this? And, you know, parallel lives and like my mind was getting bent. And now it's like, I'm so accustomed to that. And I've reread many of the books and, and it's things that we talk about all the time. It's like, oh yeah, I already know about that. And, mm-hmm. You know, but we really don't, like, we don't really know, um, we were just talking before we got started, you know, how weary we have gotten and how worn out we are because, you know, uh, there was going to be an ascension uh, in 2012. There was going to be an ascension in 2016. There was supposed to be an ascension last March. And it's like, okay, when the F is this going to happen? Like we are tired, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's going to happen and it's not happening. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, um, I think there's a lot of, you know, how you said a lot of conversation around timelines and new earth and new realities. And, um, and I feel like there's a lot of shaming too, that, you know, some people are like, Oh, I'm in this higher dimension and I'm always in 16. It's like, well, how is that possible? Your body is in 3d. Um, and so I feel like that kind of stuff really kind of confuses the message too. And, I think we have just enough information to be dangerous, but I don't know, you know, you and I were talking about like, when, when is, do we experience a different reality and when is our body not in 3d and having to pay rent and worried about, um, people's evil decisions. And when does that not affect me anymore? Um, and I think we're, yeah, I'm really tired. I'm really tired right now. And I'm just trying to stay positive but I told you before it's like I'm feeling a lot of grief because I think there are choices being made right now and it's people whether they're conscious of it or not they're choosing what they want to experience and so no matter what I show them even if the truth comes out and these kids are saved from the tunnels and adrenochrome is in the normal vocabulary and people understand why they did this and you know the truth comes out that Bill Gates really isn't for humanity. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that choose not to see it. And that, that makes my soul so sad because 
um, as part of the transportation team and those trying to help people get to the higher vibration, it's just really hard right now to realize that there's going to be people that choose not to see it and choose to stay on a lower timeline. And I think that's kind of what I'm just processing right now is the grief that I couldn't save everybody. Which, I mean, shows a, a true spiritual path. I mean, I, I do agree there's a spiritual hierarchy, uh, you know, in our world where I'm better than you are and I'm more psychic than you are and I'm higher vibration. It's like, shut your shit and just get to work. Like, do your job. <laughs> you know, like, I don't give a shit. Who, what, I had a guest on here a couple of years ago and she's like, I'm in 7D. Good for you. Get to work. Do your job. You know, if you're that high, then start transporting people over. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, for those that are listening today, just, uh, to give you some examples of, uh, if you've never read, uh, any of Dolores Cannon's books or any spiritual books for that, that matter that really go into detail about this timelines, they basically have, uh, what has been explained to me and what has been shown to me and what I've read about is that we've got a core timeline. So if you think about this, like tree we've got the trunk of the tree which everybody pretty much experiences and it's it's you know um something that is uh general but then we've got tree branches that branch off and those branches are timelines which is where we get this idea of the mandela effect where some people experience one reality and somebody experiences something else and they can't explain it well those are different timelines and i've actually had friends i actually had a friend where this just happened this is so bizarre where um, she got a speeding ticket uh, in the mail that she had to pay. She lives in California and the speeding ticket was in Florida. Her car, her license plate, but she's never been to Florida. Well, so, yeah, like how do you, that's a parallel life right there. And so that lets her know that, you know, her other lives are kind of, you know, merging right now. So just weird, bizarre things like that, weird timelines. And so what, Rihanna and I are talking about is that we are basically merging uh, or we're breaking apart into this uh, ascension where we're supposed to be elevating. It's where the Mayans went. It's where a lot of these cultures that have supposedly disappeared, dinosaurs, things like that, they've elevated and we are going into 5D. But there are a lot of souls that are choosing not to go. They they like the greed. They like the war. They like the darkness. And they're choosing to stay behind. So for those that, you know, like what part of our mission is, is we're way showers. We're showing people the way. We're, we're educating people about, you know, the real truths that are out there. And some people are going to put their head in the sand and say, nope, that doesn't exist. Human trafficking doesn't exist. Cabal doesn't exist. Bill Gates isn't for the higher humanity. Nope, that's not real. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's, you know, it's one thing, I think, to put your head in the sand, but it is another thing to viciously attack people who don't hold the same belief systems as you. And I, I just cannot believe how how much you're seeing that right now and people really going after jugulars of people that just are saying these true things like the cognitive dissonance is really strong and it's it's like they're fighting to keep their bubble because you know anything any sort of information that they accept as truth that could potentially rock their entire 
life. I mean, I get it, but to lash out and be cruel the way I'm seeing that, and it doesn't even have to be in the physical. Like I, two weeks ago, I was to the point where I was just laying on my couch and praying to God that he could shield me even better because people's nasty thoughts, their will of just, you know, whatever their the way they think that black magic energy can leash, you know, be leashed out. And I can feel that as if I'm truly being attacked. And so it's just, um, when we talk about we're, we're tired, it's that too. It's not even just having to pay the bills and, and still be in this 3d earth. It's really just also having to participate in those, the energy with the people that just do not want to, to budge. Yeah. The nastiness. And I've noticed that, uh, one big thing that I've noticed, you know, I'm a huge empath. I process a lot of information and I, I find myself saying a lot like, this isn't mine. I'm feeling this, but this mm-hmm. isn't mine. And one of the things that I've noticed is that my tolerance level where people used to attack me 10 years ago and I could play the game very well and I could be a chameleon and I could, you know, uh, really appease them. And now my tolerance is when somebody comes at me or attacks me or um, is unhappy about something, I find myself, it just hits me in my gut and I want to puke. And it's like, I just have no tolerance for the negativity anymore. Like it makes me sick. And that's where I'm finding that I'm really wanting to um, hibernate a lot more and be away from people so much more because my tolerance level for that deep, dense, thick energy that people are really choosing that they want to be in. I can't be a part of it anymore. It doesn't resonate with me. And I also just being able to take a step back and look at it from a bigger picture, even though I don't have the whole picture, I just find myself saying like, you're being ridiculous. You're literally striving for something that is not real. You're going after the bigger house, the more money, the cars, the, you know, all the shit that doesn't serve you. And you think that's real. You're totally mm-hmm. getting caught up in the illusion of it all. And it's like, for the rest of us, we're kind of going, no, like get your collective. Like we've got to get the collective consciousness to focus on, you know, this ideal where this 3d stuff does not exist, where bills don't exist. And like, there's compassion and kindness and joy And I think a lot of people hear that and they say, that's airy fairy shit that doesn't exist. And isn't that sad that we've been so conditioned and beaten down that we can't even imagine a world like that. We can't even imagine that there's joy like that, that could exist for us. I, I completely agree. I get, I get that kind of, um, wow, that's a lot of hippie shit. And what are you smoking? I want some of it, (laughs) you know, and it, Um, and it's really, it's really sad because we do need, we need a large percentage of the people on board, imagining the same things to actually create that. And what I'm noticing though, right now, and part of my job for the last six months is, I mean, I, I went to bed one day and I was normal version reanimates. And then the next morning I woke up and it was like the universe had flipped a switch and they're like, okay, everything you've ever seen in meditation, everything you've ever researched, it needs to come out. And I was working 11 and 12 hour days in the physical red pilling people and showing them the truth and, and letting them make their decisions. And what they're just showing me right now is, okay, that role is done. People have chosen 
and now we have to we have to heal their lives falling apart essentially them choosing new truths and so we always knew at least i knew that it was going to get uglier before it got better but but they're showing me right now as i'm saying this and like wondering why the earth is so ugly it's because we have to clear that out and we had to shine time we had to shine a light on the darkness so that we could heal it so we could truly move forward and be whole and that's what's happening right now. And, and thank God we had years to wrap our brain around this. A lot of people are just now waking up to all this. And, and it is going to be a lot to process. But I do believe, I, I trust with all of my being that I came here in this lifetime at this moment to see humanity shift to the airy fairy hippie shit. Because mm -hmm. joy truly is possible. And I think we're so close. We're so close. And I think that's the hard thing. Uh, you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where uh, my ex-husband was actually the one that told me about the cabal and the Illuminati and, you know, all the conspiracy theories. And I was the one going freaking nuts, like mm -hmm. shoving the shit down my throat. This is wrong. But, you know, he was really starting to bring this to my attention in 1999, 1998. Like we're talking a long time ago. So I've had over 20 years to really accept this as my truth and to research it and to really come up with my own theories behind it and to um, really accept it for the way that I see it, where my perspective is. And you're right. There's a lot of people that have had their head and their asses for so long and they've been so caught up in their own little bubble that when stuff really starts to come out and it is, it's hitting YouTube like no tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they're going to have five minutes to make the choice. Like the, yeah. this information is starting to come out and, you know, it's been around. I mean, everybody knows about Epstein and everybody has heard about Weinstein and Bill Cosby and it's been coming out, but it's still like people are compartmentalizing. Oh, well that sucks for them. Or, Oh, that, you know, that's interesting. But it's like, now it's really starting to hit YouTube and the truth is really starting to come out. And People haven't had 20 years to get to this, you know, perspective and to come up with their own choice of, hmm, there must be something to this. They're like, oh, well, I got to decide now because it's going to depend on the timeline that you land on, you know, based on the decisions you make now. And so it's a lot to take in and to process and to think that there's that much evil in the world. I mean, it's a billion, a multi-billion dollar industry. It's an industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what I'm finding is that people aren't really connecting the dots. And, and you mentioned compartmentalizing. I think they really are. There's like, okay, there's the conversation of child sex trafficking. And then there's the media that's controlled and, and Project Mockingbird and the CIA mind controlling the masses and really MK having Ultra. an narrative. And MKUltra. And then there's like 9-11 um, was an inside job. I mean, I knew that. So is the Boston ago. bombing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then to realize there's false flags like the Vegas shooting or um, the Ariana Grande um, bombing. concert bombing or Sandy Hook. And, and yes, there were real victims, but it's to control your energy. And when you, and people are struggling to see how all of those things connect. But when you can see like one big group puppeteering, and essentially it comes down to satanic black magic controlling for their own greedy purposes, 
Um, money. Yeah. I mean, money yeah, and power, money and power. Yeah. It really is hard to wrap your brain around it. And, and even like, and this might be controversial to some, but the day, the minute Kobe, um, Kobe Bryant died, I heard he was a sacrifice. And I was like, no, who sacrificed? Like, I was like, that's horrific. Everybody loves him. Do you see how many people are grieving? And then the term loose energy found me. And in the satanic religion or practices, you need so much energy built up to be able to manifest something. And so from what I'm seeing, Kobe was a sacrifice to create a collective grief and sadness. And that energy was siphoned off. And then it was used to execute um, COVID-19 to launch it and to make it a pandemic. And so when people hear that, they're going to reject it. They're going to be like, there's no way we live in a world where that is happening. But when you really start to just put dots together, um, it re we really did live and we do live in this, but that's why we're here. We're here to shift away from that and, and to get to a place where humanity is kind to each other. I mean, I don't even need sunshine and rainbows at this point. I just want a little bit of compassion for other humans, you know, like less selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. Narcissism, yeah. selfishness. And I think that, you know, the hard thing is, is that these truths exist and, you know, it's just like the Betty Boop project. I mean, I would encourage everybody who's listening to this today to look into the doorknob hangings. I mean, yeah. you know, it's very, 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 very curious that so many have hung themselves on doorknobs. And I, you know, when Kate Spade did that, I was like, you know, this is awfully strange that Chris Cornell and Chester Benning, Bennington, mm -hmm. I think is how you pronounce yeah. his last name, and Kate Spade. I'm like, and Robin Williams did this too. And I started adding it up. I'm like, how are these people doing this? I don't think I could hang myself from a doorknob. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's way more than that. It's um, people that were close to understanding the truth. It's people that were about to expose yep, truth. They were about to you sing. Know, Chris Cornell died a week before a film, a documentary he yeah. was partnering with about child sex trafficking. He, you know, he died a week before that. Yeah. And by a, a doorknob and there's people in politics and, and yeah, that is a, and that's just a whole nother thing. It's like when you start really to see and connect the dots, it's like, oh my gosh, this is truly horrific. Well, and you have to be willing to see it because, you know, it's really, really hard to wrap your head around the idea that that kind of darkness exists. And it's really, really hard uh, especially if you are just learning about this information, you're just hearing it for the you know, first time, your immediate reaction is that's not real. You're going to mm -hmm. want to have that cognitive dissonance and you're, you're going to want to reject it. But when you really start getting into the research of it and you really start looking at it and you start to see the same people popping up every single time, it's like, it really makes you go, huh, that's yeah. interesting. And then yeah. you see the type of dollars that are behind it, billions of dollars in this industry. It's an industry. And it's like, huh, that's interesting. And well, even just Googling, if you, you could Google, like, what are the countries that tried to drop the dollar before they tried to get away from the Federal Reserve and seven out of eight of them we've gone to war with. And so when you look at that, it's like, 
it's all related. And, you know, I feel a lot of judgment right now from the spiritual community. Um, like I just saw on a group um, that was talking about the documentary Out of Shadows. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay, yeah. And they were talking about how we shouldn't look at that. And we, sh- and I feel judgment about exposing these things um, about how is that love and light and how are you creating new? And I am 100% um, being told to shine the light on the darkness because if people don't understand what has transpired, what has happened, we can't possibly truly create a new world where that doesn't exist because they didn't realize really how far it had gone. And so I feel part of my role now and has been is we can't create new earth or this higher timeline if we don't heal the shadow aspects of the collective that needs to be leveled up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of darkness and you can't go into a new earth without understanding what that means. And I think what, you know, it, they talk about the adrenochrome and all that crap and that, but I think what's really, really important for people to glean from that documentary, it's on YouTube, you can find it. Um, I think what's really important to glean out of that is that your narrative that you think that you are coming to a conclusion on, on your own, the conclusions and perspectives that you think that you're, you know, putting together is basically that narrative is being fed to you. It's being spoon fed to you and you are being told it's mind control through media on how to, and you don't even realize it's happening through music videos, through TV, through all the movies. And this has been going on since the beginning of movies, since the thirties and forties. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I stopped watching television about seven years ago. I just, I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. It doesn't serve me. And I didn't really know why that decision is, but whenever shit like that happens, just like we were talking about leaving our husbands, like whenever shit like that happens, I just do it. I just trust. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm doing it. I don't know why, but I'm doing it. And when I watched that uh, documentary, I was like, this is why I stopped watching television. This was spirit yeah. telling me that the narrative was not my own and that it was a perspective that was being spoon fed to me. And in order for me to develop my own perspective and my own truth, I needed to go inward and stop seeking externally. And that's what a lot of this TV. And if you look at the shit that's out there now, like if you sit down and like go to Netflix or Hulu or one of those and sit down and just try to watch a movie, there's nothing that's good. It's zombies, it's vampires, it's a lot of the, you know, it's, 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 all, all, it's violent. hinting, yeah. yeah, it's hinting at what's going on behind the scenes, but like, it's very violent. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of murder. There's, you know, abuse against women. It's, it's really, really bad when you compare it to TV that we had like in the seventies and eighties. Well, and it's right now it's really to desensitize us. Like I'm even seeing, um, Drew Barrymore has a film or a show out on Netflix, I believe um, about cannibalism and Santa Clarita's um, diet. Christy Teigen dropped a, you know, if somebody offered you a piece of human meat, you wouldn't eat it, not even a bite. And it's like, they're trying to slowly, desensitize you. And I'm the same way. Like I used to be a huge music fan. I mean, people, women own like shoes and purses and I would buy concert tickets and I went to everything. And one day, I mean, it was almost overnight where I just couldn't listen to my favorite bands anymore. And 
I now sit in silence most of the time I'm at home. And it's because I was guided the same way. There was too much interference and the universe really couldn't speak to me. And probably about four weeks before this pandemic hit, I did a podcast where I said, you know, the universe can't talk to you if you're wearing your busy badge and going a million miles an hour and constantly being overstimulated by the phone and the radio and the TV show and um, the news. <laughs> yeah. And so when I thought, you know, when this pandemic came out, I thought this is going to be the catalyst for the great awakening. Like if, if the cabal wanted to control us, shutting us in our houses with time to think probably wasn't the, um, the best thing for them. They, I mean, I think they've created an opportunity for people like that out of shadows, um, documentary had over 7 million views on YouTube within four days. I mean, Which people, is awesome. I know. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, if you're guided to turn off the, the, the radio and the TV, and even now, like when I listen to radio, I can hear because I'm so used to listening to Sulfigio frequencies because it is healing music. I can hear when a note is out of tune it could just be two Hertz levels off, but I can hear it on purpose. That'll jam our natural healing frequency, much like a police car, um, siren. Like it's, it's a Hertz level and a frequency level that is grating on your nerves on purpose. And they do that in a lot of music and movies to keep you out of balance with your higher self and your natural frequency. Yeah. And they've proven that a lot of movies have subliminal messages in them. And a girlfriend had sent me um, a couple of music videos. I won't name which ones they are, but she sent me a couple of music videos where they're hinting at all of this, you know, mm -hmm. and if you really start paying attention, you're like, isn't that curious? And well, know, there's some that's not even hinting. It's like really blatant, like on pyramids and, um, yeah. you know, blood on their faces. And they're not even, they're not even hinting anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I think you and I notice things like that, but I don't know if the general public does. They probably just think, oh, it's art, you know, like Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's art. It's totally like, wow, she's out there. <laughs> she's not. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is desensitizing, but I think that the more people that we can, you know, encourage to wake up and to, um, you know, to be aware that there is a, a level of darkness and control that is out there that is really trying to control the masses and how, you know, I've said again and again and again on this show, how great this great pause is because it's forcing you to go internally. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, I'm crawling off the walls and like I'm got cabin fever. And it's like, why are you so uncomfortable with being with yourself? You know, it's like, you don't have your to-do list. You don't have your busy. And it's like, oh my God, now you got to face all the shit that you've been, you know, sh shutting down and pushing down into the depths of your soul. And your busy was a coping mechanism. So exactly you have to face that shadow side. It's like the, the dark night of the soul. We're all going through it right now so that we can heal it and rise above it. And you know what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, it's like, if y'all don't get your shit together, we're going to be stuck in this. And it's like, we're done. We don't want to do it anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I am done. I, I feel really done. And I could feel that probably, um, back in like January, I was just to the point where I was questioning everything and even some spiritual, you know, truths that I, I bought into. It's just like, where has this been hijacked? And, um, I just was to the point where it's like, I have done everything I feel like I have in me. And yes, now as a collective, we need to start shifting and focusing on what it is we truly want to create, but we can't do that with our head in the sand. So. Well, and I think too, you know, and I've struggled with this myself. I was doing it this morning and I was like, okay, you know, first and foremost, we do need to understand that these truths exist and that darkness, you know, great, great darkness does exist so that we can heal it. But we also need to stop focusing on the anxiety of it all. Everybody's focused on, I want to get back to normal and I want to, you know, get my life back and I want to get out of the house. And instead you need to be focusing on what does your new paradigm look like? What, if you could envision and imagine, you know, your great life, your great reality, what would that look like? What would it be like? Because if we can all focus on that, that collective is what raises us up. And this morning, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I want money to go away or money to be easier. And I want to have a roof over my head and I want joy and pleasure. And I'm like, but I don't know. Is that what I want? Like, is that a 3D way of thinking? Like, you know, I don't even know yeah. what exists in 5D. Like I don't, I can't even imagine it because I've been so conditioned to think that this is as good as it gets. And it's like, okay, so can I just say, I want to go to a place of immense joy and pleasure. And I'm like, but is that too vague? Like I'm literally over here questioning myself. Like, I don't even know how to imagine like paradise because I don't know like what's 3D and what's 5D and what's vague and you know, how specific I need to get. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you. People keep asking me, Rihanna, what, what do you want to do like with your life? And it's like, well, I would love to have enough financial freedom and time to travel the globe and just look at like sculptures and art. And I'm not even an art person. Like I just want to look and explore and feel anything besides like worry about bills and, and stuff like that. And I know, I know I've come so far in manifesting my dreams because I went from, you know, starting this business and only having $400 and really having to practice surrender and, um, focusing on what it is I want. I mean, I'm where I'm at now because I created, through my thoughts and my energy, this life where money flows in and it's not quite where I want it yet, but it's not where I was even two years ago or even a year ago. And so it really is possible to envision, but I'm with you. It's like, what does, what does 5D even look like? I mean, how can you manifest something when you don't know exactly like my 3D self is saying that I want financial freedom and I'm like you, I want more time because like, I think that this should be mandatory every quarter. I love the quarantine. I'm all for it. I'm down for this. Like I love the silence and I love that people aren't on the roads, but like, it's really hard for me to manifest something because I'm not sure where my thinking is really tethered to a 3D world. Like I'm asking for financial freedom and, you know, it'd be great if bills can go away. Um, but in asking for that, is that 3D thinking? 
is that an old way, like maybe the new paradigm, you know, we don't eat and we don't have bills and it's just puttering and it's love and light. And you know, it is airy fairy. Like, I don't even know what to envision. (laughs) I wonder if we would be, if it would be better to just say, you know, I want the financial freedom and the time and the experiences or anything even better than that. (laughs) Kind of this or something better. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, you know, whenever you talk to like, I had a a gal on here last summer that was kind of like a law of attraction expert. And she was telling me that, you know, for manifestation to really work, you have to get really, really specific. And it makes sense. Like you would never say, you know, if you were about to buy a house, you would never say, I, you know, want a house. Like I want to own a home. Okay. Well, how many bedrooms do you want? How many bathrooms do you want? Like how many square feet, you know, is it on land? So you, you, I understand the being specific and in the 3D world, yeah, I can be specific. I know exactly what that looks like. But in 5D, I don't want to be asking for financial freedom and, you know, to have abundance all around me if that's not even going to be necessary. Like maybe yeah. that doesn't exist. So I don't want to be asking for something and creating a timeline that doesn't serve me. So it's just kind of challenging. I feel like I'm kind of floating in space and I'm like, okay, well, I know how I want to feel. So I want to feel joy and I don't want any negativity and I don't want, ha- I don't want any of that, what I call below the cross. I don't want fear and worry and strife. I just want joy and love and pleasure and peace. And I'm like, this does sound airy fairy. I want to go here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hippie shit. I want, I want that to, to be created. And I think that the more we can get the collective to focus on that, rather than the struggle and the strife and the fear and the worry and the uncertainty that they're all on their loops right now because of, you know, this pandemic. It's like if we could get everybody to focus on love and light and healing and rising, if the if we get enough of us thinking about that, the truth will be revealed and we will rise. And hopefully it's like next week because <laughs> I'm with you. I'm exhausted and I pray for courage and strength all the time. Um, but when I do kind of get to this point, something that I learned with access consciousness bars, cause I'm a bars practitioner too, is to stay in the question. So ask things like, how does it get any better than this? Or what else is possible? So even on the best of days, I'll ask, how does it get any better than this? And that will command forth the universe to move to move pieces for you so that they can show you like what else is possible. So, um, I think we're getting there. I think we just had to, we have to really take heads out of the sand and, and heal the darkness before we could create the airy fairy. And I, and I, I think we're getting there. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that it's important for people to see the darkness so that they know what they don't want. And what yes. you don't want to experience, and you, you can't be catapulted into a new paradigm of of love and joy and peace if you don't know what you're getting away from. So, exactly. I just want everybody to hurry up. I'm very impatient. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm done with it. I, I'm ready to go. Let's get on the bus, the plane, the train, whatever the hell we're getting the the uh, spaceship, whatever we're yeah. doing. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Like when when do do we when do we disclose the aliens are already here? You know, right? like there's for me, there's so much um some of my frustration is because there's so much within our grasp, even technology and cures, um, and 
I can feel that soon, like me being an energy healer is going to be part of mainstream medicine. And I'm just like chomping at the bit for what's possible. And I think that's where some of the frustration is, is that people don't have to be sick because there's thousands of cures being hidden from us and nobody has to pay the light bill because free energy is possible and that technology exists. And then that's, I think, part of the frustration for me is that I can see what really is possible. And, and yeah, like a kid on Christmas is just like, oh my God, is it Christmas yet? <laughs> yeah. And a world where, you know, Reiki and feng shui and energy healing and seers and all of that is mainstream. I mean, we've mm-hmm. all been criticized and you had to deal with pessimism and, and skepticism and, you know, we've all been kind of in the underground and, and been considered weirdos. And it's like, well, I've tried everything. So I guess I'll try you. And it's like, <laughs> it should be the other way around. Yes, I completely agree. And I, I am seeing since I opened my Reiki studio in 2016, I am seeing more and more and more people choosing Reiki and the energy healing I do before anything else. It is their tool for stress relief and physical pain management and to heal the energy of the trauma that's still stuck in the body. I'm seeing more of that and it's even more mainstream. Like I had a huge corporation in Omaha, one of their VPs just took my Reiki class two months ago. So I am seeing the shift, but yeah, wouldn't it be great when when we're sought out like doctors, because, because it, it isn't, it, I mean, it was medicine for so long. It was ancient. We're ancient medicine. Why are we called alternative healing? You know? So. And weirdos. Yeah. And you know, it, it, I think that I, I mean, if we're really talking about 5d, I mean, I want to be in a place where I'm not having to convince and, you know, really educate people to where it's just like, I'm seeking you out because I know this is going to work. And it's not like this laborious thing where I have to say, okay, this is what it can do for you. And this is, you know, scientifically proven. And, you know, it's like, there's a lot of convincing in our world right now because there's been so much skepticism around it, which all goes back to greed and power. You know, all of it was started because medicine has become profitable. So that greed and power is where we've, you know, given up our control. So that's a whole nother thing too. Oh my God, we could talk for like, (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. Yeah. Right. So, um, if people are interested in learning more about you or, you know, like to, um, take one of your classes or something, how can they find you? Yeah. So they can go to my website. It's riannamaze.com. And it's R-H-I-A-N-N-A-M-A-Y-S.com. And um, I do remote healing. I have clients all over the globe. And I do in-person sessions in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, yeah, if they just want to drop a line or ask a question or book a session, that's where they can connect with me. And I'm calling you a master flamethrower just because (laughs) it's my weird thing. But um, you're a level three. Explain to them what type of... Yeah, so I call myself an energy transformer and intuitive, but I am a trained Holy Fire 3 Reiki master. And the reason I've gone away from the Reiki master title for the most part is because um, in November of 2018, my energy um, evolved into a golden 
source energy. And so it seems to be even higher in frequency and we're getting more done faster. Um, and that's another thing, you know, when you talk about being called a weirdo, I've been told get over myself because I shared that my energy evolved. And I personally believe that this Christed energy is available for anybody if you can align vibrationally with it. And so just really having people honor their gifts and not feel like it's an ego thing to say what's really possible. And I think that's something else that we've gotten stuck in is believing ego is thinking that we can honor all of our gifts and really show up, but ego is really keeping us small and safe. And, and I always wonder every day, like how many people really have these amazing gifts and they're just afraid to look egotistical when really they're here to help. So, so I am an energy transformer and intuitive. Um, I'm a Holy Fire 3 Reiki master and access consciousness bars practitioner. Um, and I do channeled coaching as well so I can help people make decisions about next steps in life and stuff like that um, because I have multi-clairs. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's a pleasure to wake up every day and have the ability to serve others. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for having me. It was great to be able to talk with you. And FYI, we were supposed to record a couple of days ago, and I knew that we were going to end up talking about the cabal. And I have a feeling that we were getting interference because of that. But today, mm -hmm. so far, I mean, I have to go back and listen to it. But so far, I think we did okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But my sound kept cutting out, and I we both knew it was on purpose. So. I'm so excited to see what this episode has created for the universe and, and what else is possible. Yeah, <laughs> thank you we, for having me again. Thank you for coming on. And, and we really, um, I haven't, I've said this before on the show, I haven't been really preparing a lot of notes or doing a lot of research. I've been really wanting to be a stream of consciousness and allow the universe to guide the conversation as far as the information that needs to come out and what y'all need to hear. So I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and thank you for joining us. Thanks everyone. Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall, Confucius. Thanks everyone for joining me on the show today. I hope that you enjoyed Rihanna. I think that she is an extremely talented uh, dragon flamethrower, AKA Reiki master. <laughs> she has a lot to offer and what I think is really great is that she's doing and has been doing a lot of educational work in helping humanity rise and understand the difference in timelines and just, you know, like Dolores Cannon used to always say, if you really want to bend your mind in a pretzel, um, you know, the, the things that are going on around us as far as the timeline goes and ascension and elevating into 5D and the things that are getting exposed uh, are definitely uh, mind benders, you know, parallel lives and things that are starting to come out that, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago would seem like it could never happen. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. And I can tell you right now the things that I've been experiencing as far as time slips and uh, I was actually just explaining this to a friend the other day where I made a burrito, walked into my office at 11 a.m., ate the burrito, which, I don't know, takes, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? I mean, I didn't, like, inhale <laughs> the thing, but I walked into the kitchen. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. 
that was a huge time slip. I could not explain that. I, and all I did was walk into my office, eat a burrito, finish the burrito, get up and walk into the kitchen. And somehow hours had passed. Huge time slip. So I'm experiencing myself a lot of things like that. And, you know, as we rise through this summer, it's why we're going through retrograde season. It's why all these fantastical things that we've never seen before. We keep hearing the term unprecedented times. Well, it's to shake shit up. It's to break through the paradigm and allow us to elevate. So lean into it, you know, uh, feel into it. I think a lot of us have been conditioned because of past hurts to avoid feeling things. You know, we do everything that we can to avoid it and shove it down and ignore it. And I recently read Call Me By Your Name by Andre Osman, and there's a beautiful quote in there from Elio's father. And I wanted to share it today because I think as we go through this pandemic, I think that this is very poignant in the idea of trying to avoid at all cost what's going on around us to try to hurry up and rush to the finish line. Here's that quote. We rip out so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster that we go bankrupt by the age of 30 and we have less to offer each time we start with something new. But to make yourself feel nothing so as to not feel anything well what a waste i think this is absolutely beautiful and poignant for what we are going through right now lean into the emotions lean into the feeling allow it to go through you transmute it process it and let it go because when we emerge on the other side, when we get to December and look back at this year, it is not going to look like any other year that we've ever been in, and we will not be returning to the year prior to this. So we are entering into a new paradigm, and it's a gloriously positive. It's something that we will all hurrah and hooray for when we get to it. We just got to get through the thick of it. We just got to get through the roller coaster ride and all the hoopty hoos <laughs> to emerge out on the other side and go, holy shit, we survived, right? <laughs> all right, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this show today. Please check out my website, interiorvibes.com. If you'd like a floor plan reading, you can learn more about that there. You can also learn more about feng shui on my YouTube channel, which you can find at Amanda Gates Feng Shui. All right, everyone. Trust the vibe because the energy never lies.